David, I love that candle you're burning. You seem to always have a great candle burning. I am very aware of how room smells. When you've spent over a decade with a 75 pound Labrador retriever and two teenage boys, you start to worry that your house smells like the inside of a gym bag. I would imagine so. You know what I wish we'd had for the last decade? What? That Puro Air Purifier we now own and use all the time. I love my Puro Air too. Did you know that indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? Yes, I lived with two teenage boys. I can 100% testify <laughs> to that. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Gases from a preteen boy? <laughs> I'm dreading when my nephews start making those gases. Just you wait. Thankfully, Puro Air uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. You wouldn't drink unfiltered tap water, so why would you breathe unfiltered air? Thanks to my Puro Air Purifier, I feel like I can breathe again. Check it out at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time, getpuroair.com. Check it out now. Welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you've set aside a few minutes to spend with us today. In each episode of this podcast, we'll share some of what we're learning in the work we do with kids and families on a daily basis at Daystar Counseling in Nashville, Tennessee. Our goal is to help you care for the kids in your life with a little more understanding, a little more practical help, and a whole lot of hope. So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours. Allie Worthington is known for her straight-talking encouragement and practical tools that help women reach their dreams in business and life. Author of The Year of Living Happy, Fierce Faith, and Breaking Busy, she is a well-known speaker, podcaster, and life and business coach. Her no-nonsense, guilt-free take on business, family, and balance has led to multiple appearances on the Today Show and Good Morning America. Allie lives with her husband, Mark, and their five sons outside of Nashville with a pampered golden retriever. We're so excited to have Allie with us today to talk about her new book, Remaining You While Raising Them. Well, Allie, we're so excited to get to sit down and talk with you. We both have been so honored to get to be on your podcast. And so it's really fun to get to flip it and have you on ours. So it's thank you. Great to be here. I'm super honored to be on yours. Thank well, you. Yes. And we're so excited about your new book. But we want to start with you telling us a little bit about your family and about how you got to start doing this really important work that obviously you were meant to be doing. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yes. My claim to fame is I've survived having five sons. I can't even believe. <laughs> you are heroic. You have needed David heroic. Thomas in your life for a long time. <laughs> they are now 14 to 24. So wow. three of them are officially adults. So now I can go, okay, I think I know what I'm doing. Yes. Also have a grown stepdaughter. Um, my husband and I, we live outside of Nashville okay. and just can't believe we made it with 
with all the boys having all their limbs all those years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I am a business coach and an author. I write books out of my own experience and just kind of the women I'm working with and women in my audience who listen to the podcast. With this latest book, it was the first book ever that I decided to write where it was from years of people going, could you actually tackle this topic? Mm. Um, Never, never before have I seen that. Wow. I'm Mm -hmm. so grateful. Me too. Okay. One of the first questions on your website is, what is your superpower? Which Ah, we love. So fun. (laughs) Yeah. And helping moms find theirs seems to obviously be yours. And so... Will you talk a little bit about what this means and how you hope to help moms through all the amazing things that you're currently doing? Yeah, I, I feel like my calling in life professionally is just to help women thrive. Mm. So sometimes it's a business coach. Sometimes it's helping you know, writers write books. Mm. Sometimes it's through the books I'm writing. As long as I see here's a place where I can help women lean into their strengths and thrive in life, that's what I'm going to do. And one of the best ways to do that is for women to recognize what our strengths are, what our superpower is, because it's not a natural state for women. Uh, I could ask you guys, but I guess a lot of it is culturally. Mm -hmm. Women aren't taught to lean into what their strengths are. Even to acknowledge because it's bragging. Oh, yeah. Heaven Mm -hmm. forbid all of Mm -hmm. a sudden we say we have a strength and then we're narcissists. You know, (laughs) that's the thing, especially in the Christian community, Mm. women are so focused on making sure that we're humble, which Mm. we do want to be humble. That's good. But humility is just an accurate representation of yourself. Mm. You can be humble and say, here are all of my strengths. Like, here's what I'm great at. Here's my superpower. So it's just a quick way for me to be able to tell women, here's some of your God-given gifts. Mm. Here's, Here's what you can lean into. I love being able to do it. You even do it on Instagram where you, I mean, you were so sweet to include me one time, but it's, it's that kind of bought women mm-hmm. worth following. Is that what it's called? Yes. Which it, is so dear. It's that you so do that. fun. And we called it women worth following because the last name of Worthington, but some women were like, well, aren't all women worth following? Uh, and I was like, oh, sorry. It's just a play <laughs> on my name. But yeah, it's fun. I highlight nine women every yes. month who Isn't are doing cool? good things. David's it. not on social media other than kind of through Raising Boys and Girls. But I if mean, I were, I would presence. follow those women. You would follow would. those women. Yeah, <laughs> that's women true. You're protecting your, your mental health <laughs> that's by not exactly being That's exactly right. Media. That is exactly right. Okay, your new book that yeah. I said we're so excited about, we want everyone to get a copy right now, is called Remaining You While Raising Them. I love the title so much. You talk about unlocking the secret of guilt-free motherhood. Will you say more about why this book is so important today? Yeah, this is the book that for years people asked me to write. Now, as an author, I never wanted to tackle marriage or family because I felt like if I talked about marriage, I would instantly get divorced. Or if I talked about family, <laughs> one of my children would go to prison, right? Like Or lose a limb. Right. I'm right. not, I'm not yeah. going to tackle that. That's not what I want. It's brilliant. But years and years went by and people would go, we really need you to talk about this. You know, you're, you're balancing career, you're coaching women, you have kids that seem to be doing well. Let's dive into it. But it wasn't until I sent a survey out to uh, my audience, a really in-depth survey. Over a thousand women took it, took about 20, 25 minutes. And a lot of women said that they had to stop halfway through and come back because it was so difficult to answer the questions. Mm. And it was seeing those answers of how women are struggling that I went, okay, I can risk tackling Mm. this topic for other moms. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah. 
we love especially the way you broke this book down. And so we'd love to have you talk a little bit about how you did that. And then let's start with dissecting. I love Modern Motherhood is Broken. Mm. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that was the the obvious result of this survey that I sent out, where I would ask, I asked women how often they dealt with mom guilt. And I think 56% of women said every day wow. or many times a week. Wow. And here's something that's surprising. The biggest individual cause of mom guilt that they reported back, it wasn't husbands or themselves or relatives. It was social media was the trigger. Mm. So we're living in a culture with all this pressure on moms, but social media is making it worse. And then when I asked them, what was the last book on motherhood they read? The vast majority could not give an answer, but they answered with a parenting book. And many of these people who answered with a parenting book, not yours, by the way, in these comments. <laughs> Thank you. Because, uh, yeah, it's a real deal with you guys. But many of these um, women would leave the answer of what book they read and then say, I felt so much worse after I read it than I wish I hadn't read it or I stopped halfway through because it made me feel worse. And it's just we keep adding to this culture of pressure on women. Yes. Yeah. Man, I'm so grateful. I mean, we talk all the time about how we have never seen parents, but I do think particularly moms as discouraged yeah. in our counseling offices, as we're seeing today. Absolutely. So just, I'm so grateful for you to do that. I, I, likewise, I, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants no, just being no, on this podcast. No. Well, okay, the second, we, we love every section. The second section of the book is called The Good Mom Myths. Yes. And you have five included. Will you just pick out one or two and tell us a little bit about what those are? Yeah, I really wanted to tackle this thing that's kind of in the water with this this culture of motherhood, like going back to how modern motherhood is broken. I think that women are set up right now almost to fail Mm. because we have all of the pressure we put on ourselves, the pressure, whether explicitly or implicitly, that we've heard that you know, being a mother is your greatest calling and it's going to fulfill you and everything's going to be magical and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> and and women are struggling mm-hmm. with it. You know, motherhood, I found motherhood to be the greatest joy of my life. My kids are my greatest joy. But when I was raising them and they were younger, it was both physically exhausting and intellectually boring. Mm-hmm. And we don't really talk about that right now. And we don't talk about like what all moms need. So what I wanted to do is kind of identify how the modern motherhood culture is broken for us, but then go, here's five things that are really killing us. And I'll go into one. Okay. And the one that I think is big is that women should be able to do it all. Like Mm -hmm. mothers are like superwoman. Yes. And now I'm a movie fan. I love movies. I love the movie Wonder Woman, the first one, really. Yeah. I think she's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Golden cuffs, Mm -hmm. invisible plane. Mm -hmm. She's great. Like, she's perfect. But then as I went into things, I realized she would make a really terrible mom. She would not be able to empathize with her kids. She wouldn't be able to model making mistakes and then repairing relationships and apologizing. Her children wouldn't develop any grit or perseverance because she was perfect. They'd Mm. get out in the real world and they'd be done. Yes. And that really changed my thought on the standards that we hold ourselves to, because if we did everything right, we would handicap our kids. Mm. 
And I have a some beautiful statement, right? Yeah, I have some data in the book from the former president of a college counseling association, talking about how this generation of kids are really unable to manage the anxiety of life, and a lot of it's because moms have just been doing so much, or moms, I think culturally with everything put on women, we have so much anxiety around how we're parenting and how we're doing it. We kind of raise children who model that behavior, which is why your new book is so important. You're so kind. Um, But being able to be honest about it and go, we, even if we could be perfect, that would really damage our kids. Our kids are way better off watching us struggle and Mm. watching us repair. And as long as, you know, we're doing those things, our kids are going to be the better for it. Mm. Mm. That's incredible. Okay, the final section of the book is called Habits That Help You Thrive. Tell us one takeaway habit our listeners could even implement today. Oh, I love that. Okay, so when we think about habits or things you can do, it seems like more work for moms. Mm. I just want to say, like, I'm not telling women to do more work. I feel like we do too much work as yes. it is. Yes. Uh, we go into mental load in the book and like how to get help with, with mental load. But Good. for one habit, I noticed with my clients and women I was working with, if I ever asked the question, what do you need? No one ever had any clue. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, there's been seasons of my life if someone said, what do you need? I go, I have no idea, you know, other than a cheeseburger. I have no <laughs> idea. And so I started breaking it down with my clients to go, well, what do you need right now? And especially for moms, that could be, I need coffee with a friend. I need friendship because um, one bit of research that we found when we were working on the background for this book is that um, women really need other female friendships, especially in the mom years, that our relationships with our spouse and our family, those give us a, a joy and bring great satisfaction to life. But our friendships are our happiest relationships because mm. we choose friends we like, not that we have to be friends with. Right. So um, for some women, what do I need right now is I need coffee with a friend or I need a housekeeper. Uh, I remember when my business first started doing really well, I brought in a high school student on the weekends and she chopped vegetables for me for the week. And I thought, I have made it the (laughs) pinnacle of success. I'm paying some girl $10 to chop all the potatoes for the week. And I was like, (laughs) I guess this is what luxury living is, right? Like that's what I needed because I hated it. Mm -hmm. So I think it is just recognizing that we have needs But then giving ourselves permission to A, answer our own needs, or then kind of raise a a flag with other people in our lives to go, hey, I need help with this. Or I need you, I need you to watch the kids on Sunday while I go see a movie alone, or you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. My husband, when when the boys were all really young, he would sometimes on a Sunday afternoon walk in and go, You need to go get a snack and go to the movie theater and not be spoken to for two hours. And I go, Yes, I do. And I left like a wily coyote um, <laughs> hole in the side of the house where I got out of the house. But I think that it's really healthy, not just for us to start checking in to go, What are my needs right now? How do I take care of them? But to model that for our children mm-hmm. because our daughters need to see. That as women, it's okay to go, hey, these are my needs right now and I need to get them met. Mm -hmm. And it's good for our sons to be able to see that from their mothers too. So just that one simple habit of asking, what do I need right now as a check-in with yourself? It's a real game changer for women. I keep it on a post-it note Mm -hmm. in my office and also have it on an index card in my car. 
That's so good. Yeah. So we would encourage you to write it down. Uh, absolutely. Right if now. you don't write it down, yeah. it's gone. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Another little tip, you can set a reminder on your phone. It can go off every day or once a week at a certain time, and you can just program it to say, what do I need right now? Mm. Game changer. And then yeah. give yourself permission to get it for yourself because yes. I guarantee anybody listening to this isn't going to say, well, I need a pony or a million dollars. <laughs> I mean, I would like a pony and a million dollars, right. but generally we just need, well, I need a coffee and a glass of water mm. or I need to call a friend. It's, mm. it's little things, but just honoring ourselves with that is mm. really important. Mm. Sissy, you know, one of the hardest parts of back to school season is all of the cost and fees. It seems like someone is always asking for money the first month of school. The costs sure do add up, but you know who can help with that, David? Every plate. Save money on meals to help with the back to school budget. Every plate is 25% cheaper than grocery shopping with no hidden fees. Wish we could say the same about schools. <laughs> Not to mention, Every Plate helps you save time in the midst of a very busy season. Have you tried Every Plate's new dinner to lunch dishes? I haven't, but that sounds like one more way Every Plate makes things easier for families. Tell me more. Cook once, eat twice with tasty, filling meals made for both dinner and lunch the next day. It'd be so easy for us to take it to Daystar for lunch. Each recipe is carefully crafted to ensure the ingredients can easily be repurposed so it doesn't even feel like eating leftovers. I can't wait to try the sweet soy chicken tacos. They are available with a slight upcharge, but only for a limited time. Every plate is the easiest way to eat affordably, and they have the healthiest ingredients. Connie and I had the saucy beef taco crunch bowls last week, and they were delicious. Ooh, that sounds yummy. My favorite Every Plate meal last week was the lemon herb chicken risotto. Get started with Every Plate for just $1.49 per meal by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code 49RBG. Go to everyplate.com slash podcast and enter code 49RBG. Sissy, have you got any vacations planned to close out the summer? Actually, David, I am going on an Alaskan cruise next week. I was a little nervous about getting seasick on it, and I've already been thinking that I've got my relief band to help. I don't know how you could do a trip like that without relief band. Perfect timing for them to be sponsoring the podcast. Relief Band has seriously been a game changer for me all summer long. We spend most of our days out on the boat at the lake, and Relief Band came to my rescue many times. Relief Band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. Every parent needs relief band in their travel and first aid kits. It's literally a band you wear on your wrist to give you relief from nausea and uses technology that works with your body. So it's safe, drug-free, and has zero side effects. It's that simple. Plus, relief band both treats and prevents nausea, so you can help stop nausea from becoming a problem in the first place. Right now, we've got an exclusive offer just for Raising Boys and Girls listeners. Go to reliefband.com and use promo code RBG to receive 20% off plus free shipping. Head to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use our code RBG for 20% off plus free shipping. 
Sissy, I have a question for you. Queso or guac? Well, I'm used to us asking that question, but not answering it. But I think I would choose queso. How would you feel about queso being central to your dinner tonight? Oh, I love that plan. Thanks to one of our sponsors, that can be your reality. Factor is helping me make red pepper queso chicken tonight. That sounds amazing. I love Factor. I just made a green chili pork and pico de gallo bowl. Did it bowl you over? (laughs) It did. (laughs) With Factor, you'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We have done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. Flexible for your schedule? Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash rbg50 and use code rbg50 to get 50% off. That's code rbg50 at factormeals.com slash rbg50 to get 50% off. Well, okay, so let's talk a little bit more about how you got to the place where you are in terms of what you're doing. So we have been talking a lot about emotionally strong and worry-free kids. And if you had to say a story from your own childhood that helped you become those things, what would you say? Oh, I have one. I was eight years old. Okay. And I went to go visit. Well, I lived around my family. So the day after Christmas was the Christmas celebration for one side of my family, Aunt Shirley's house. Aunt Shirley had cooked for days and days and days. I mean, tons of food. I knew she cooked for days and days and days because she told everybody that (laughs) repeatedly, right? And I didn't have life experience about it. I didn't didn't understand what was going on. But I remember being an eight-year-old girl going, whatever is going on here, I don't want it. Hmm. And as I got older and talked to family members and understand things, I understood that Aunt Shirley never wanted to cook, but she never felt like she had permission to raise her hand to say, I don't like cooking for a week before you guys come over. It's too much pressure and I don't enjoy Christmas. She never felt like she could tell everyone to bring a dish or she never felt like, hey, every other year we go to somebody else's house. So she ended up being upset about it all those years and being bitter. And as an eight-year-old girl, I remember going, I feel unhappy right now because she's unhappy and whatever's going on here, I don't want to do that. Mm. And it wasn't until I got older and, you know, went through studies and and college and really began to understand the dynamics that were going on. But that was my first 
introduction to the concept that I talk about in the book that our children are never going to be emotionally healthier than we are while they're living in our house, Mm. you know, unless they're all in therapy and we're not. Um, But that that's why it's so important for us to take care of ourselves because we can sacrifice and sacrifice and sacrifice and not take care of ourselves, but our children and our families will be the collateral damage. Mm. Mm. Building on that, what are some things you think help your sons become emotionally strong or worry-free? Well, I did know you were going to ask me this question. (laughs) And on the drive here, I have my 22-year-old with me. On the drive here, I said, what do you think I did to help you guys become emotionally strong and healthy? And I'm going to give you the unfiltered response. I'd love to hear it. He literally said you know, you and dad didn't abuse us. Like, we weren't physically or emotionally <laughs> abused. And I was like, I can't give that answer. And he goes, no, seriously, you guys, you know, you're emotionally healthy and you didn't do anything wrong to us. And because of that, we're fine. And then he said, and you are pro-counseling. He had some <laughs> health issues. So so I, I put him in counseling when he was going through that. But it led us to have this discussion, which ties in with the message of the book. Uh, he just said it in a 22-year-old guy's way that it's not so much everything we do, it's who we are. Mm. And my son said, you guys just didn't mess us up. And generally, if parents are okay and they don't actively hurt their children, their children are going to be fine. And I thought, well, out of the mouths of babes, yes, you know, um, yes. a lot I, of wisdom. there is a fear when I give this message to moms that I hear in questions, and it's this. If I give myself grace— if I can stop over-functioning and doing everything for my child, what if I swing too far the other end of the pendulum and I become a bad mom? And I was talking to some of the the counselors and experts that I was working with as I was writing this book because I thought about that question before. And I said, what if I give women permission, you know, to, to not take care of their kids or, you know, all the fears that you have? And everyone I talked to, everyone laughed and gave me some version of the answer. And it was this, I've never had a narcissist walk into my office and go, can you help me with my narcissism? (laughs) They just don't show up for therapy. Wow. And the thing is, the moms who read my book or your books or your books, David, they're good moms. Mm -hmm. Women who aren't good moms, sorry to, you know, phrase it that way, they, you couldn't pay them enough money to pick up the book and read it. And the women that we're serving have a genuine heart to be good moms. They're probably doing more, 10 times more than they need to be to great, be great moms. So like if you're listening to this podcast, if you're reading these books, you're already a great mom. Mm. And to be given permission not to overfunction and not do too much, the pendulum's not going to swing the other way. That's a great truth. Great. Yes, I love that. So, okay, thinking about about these guys, what is something you would say in your early years of parenting that you worried about that you wish you hadn't? I worried about everything. <laughs> I was the most anxious mom, especially with my first one. I, I was the one that cut grapes up into 18 pieces. <laughs> I, I mean, anything that I didn't send my oldest to preschool because I was sure he was better with me. And what mm. if something happened and he was away from them? It wasn't until I got to my fourth, who's now 16, and I realized every time I drop them off at the gym, at, uh, at the daycare at the gym, he is so happy. Like, I need to send these kids off and let them go have fun. Mm. I was worried about everything. Mm. And I think that 
in my early years as a parent, I was given some of those parenting books mm. that made me afraid that every single thing I did mattered, like I was God. Yeah. And if I messed anything up, my kids would be ruined forever. Mm. I wish I had known that all of the little things we do doesn't matter so much. Uh, we we kind of go through all the research in this book of going, hey, here's research that had been done with thousands of kids over decades. Guess what doesn't matter? And I kind of go through the list of all these things in the first year that really do not matter. But we have entire industries and social media accounts and podcasts that are just making women terrified mm. that if they don't do, you know, things this way, their kids are ruined. I always joke that there's a whole industry trying to convince women they're failures. And if they don't grow their own organic wheat in the backyard and <laughs> make sandwiches for their kids every day, they're ruining it. But like, I also found research that parents today spend um, twice as much time with their kids in active parenting than they did 50 years ago. Mm. But I think that we have this image in our minds that moms were like teaching their daughters Latin and French braiding their hair 50 years ago, they, they were locking their kids out of the house and saying, come in when the street lights on. <laughs> and no one was talking about emotional health. Right. So I, I think that we need to be careful as moms to not buy into all the messaging and a lot, and just to be honest that there are a lot of business models built on making us feel bad. Mm. Yes. yes. I think the one parenting book my mom read was Dr. Spock. Oh, yeah. And the only thing she got from it was smile at your child. I mean, isn't that funny? That was her bar, which is a great bar. And my sister and I smile a lot. And Aww. I think it's maybe part of why. I was going to say I she knocked that. it out of the park well, in that space. So funny. I mean, the things now that everybody's trying to get right. Yeah, just so grateful for your message. I remember back in the Oprah days, the Oprah mm -hmm, show days, mm -hmm. I think she had somebody on or maybe she was talking. And I remember them, them having a conversation that... You want your eyes to light up when your child enters the room. Yes. And I thought, oh, I can I can do that as mm -hmm. a mom. Like I can't I can't grow wheat and make sandwiches <laughs> or French braid hair. But when my kid walks in the room, as long as something awful hasn't happened, I can smile at my kid. Mm -hmm. And that that says yeah. a lot. Says a lot. And according to my twenty two year old, you know, the bar was low and we jumped right <laughs> over it. <laughs> So good. <laughs> Along those lines, what is one statement you wish someone had said to you when you started this parenting journey? That being a good mother is less about what I do and more about who I am. Mm. That we don't have to do a million things to be good parents, mm. but if if I'm emotionally healthy, you know, I consider emotional health a combination of spiritual health, mental health, and relational health. If the more emotionally healthy I am, the natural overflow of that will be healthier and happier kids. That mm. it doesn't matter what age they're potty trained. It doesn't matter if they go to a preschool that focuses on one type of learning versus another, all these other things. Uh, what matters is that I am okay enough not to set a tone in the household that is unhappy. Then I go back to eight-year-old Allie thinking about Christmas going, I'm not, I'm not having a good time, even yeah. though she thought and, and was 100% genuine, she was going to give everybody a great time with food. Her being angry and, you know, not trying to speak ill of her, but her being angry and bitter about it made everyone not have a good time. Mm. Yeah. 
You're quite the intuitive eight-year-old little girl. <laughs> I guess so. So we talk around here, I mean, in counseling, but also love to talk about, in general, arming ourselves with truth. Yeah. And as things are as emotional and intense and all the things that we know there are today, they are today. So what is one truth that helps you worry less now as a parent and as a person? Hmm. That's a great question. I think that God had my children's life planned. Like if we believe that God is sovereign and if we believe that he is in control of everything, there is nothing I can do that's going to ruin it. God isn't in heaven looking around going, I obviously shouldn't have given that kid to her. (laughs) And I had such great plans for this kid's life, but she taught that kid to read too late. So it's all over or they're choosing the wrong discipline style. So Mm. it's all over that the long-term plans that God has for my child, I will not thwart Mm. because I don't do everything perfectly. Mm. And again, if anything, if I did everything perfectly, how are my kids going to go deal with imperfect people out in the world? What wisdom. I know. I know. Okay, we like to end with something fun and food related. We've Although got, I would like to talk longer. I know we could go all day already. I know she's got to go hang out with that fun twenty-two-year-old <laughs> that true. answered the question. To go to the <laughs> get in the way of that. So we want to end with something fun and food related. Okay, a two-part question. First part is queso or guac. Second part is what's your favorite taco? Oh, I like that. Queso or guac. It would have been queso, specifically a brisket queso that I got in a restaurant in Texas one time. It did change my life. Wow. But sadly, the Lord and I are going to talk about this one day. Uh, For the past five years, I've been dairy-free, so now it's guac. Yes. And I'm not a taco person. I am a fajita person. Okay. Any Mexican restaurant, I order the largest thing of fajitas. Uh, makes me steak. happy. All of it. All, all of it. Give me fajitas for two. I will tackle those fajitas. That's, that so, yeah. is awesome. Allie, thank you. It is, you are just a delightful person. You're yes. so warm and engaging, and it's no... Uh, Larry Crabb, we talk about this a lot, but Larry Crabb, who was a psychologist that died recently, and he talked about how everybody longs for someone who will jump up and down over them. And that is what you're doing in the world mm-hmm. with, with your kids, obviously, but with so many women. And we're just so grateful for the difference you're making. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for being with us today. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. It's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House. If you enjoyed this conversation, Please share it with your friends and don't forget to click the follow button in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. To learn more about our parenting resources or to see if we're coming to a city near you, visit our website at RaisingBoysAndGirls.com. Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.